Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Scriptures of Froggy. Super glad to have you here again. I'll, uh, maybe we've got four now. We'll say four. All four of you that decided to join us this time. And uh, yeah, we're going to today. So I know I said I would record an episode on Friday. Clearly, that didn't happen because it just didn't. So today, we're actually, since we only went through two chapters this week, we're going to be going over two chapters as well as doing the special Sunday thing where we go and we really kind of pay tribute to the spiritual nature of, of these texts. Um, I, I have with me here today my brother Jefferson. He's uh, going to be sharing his thoughts on things and, and chiming in as he as he wants to. If you want to say hi. Or... Yes, sir. How's it going? Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's going to help us out here. Um, so in chapter 7 here, um, this is... This is it's one of my favorites because it comes. So they just recently um, in, in one of the early episodes, we went over how they how hard it was for them to go back and get the plates. Right. And how they didn't want to do it. And then uh, I love this chapter because um, <laughs> so first Nephi chapter seven in verse one, it says. And now I would that you might know that after my father, Lehi, had made an end of prophesying concerning his seed. Remember, we talked about his geneal- genealogy last time. Um, it, uh, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto him again, saying that it was not meet for him. It, was, it wasn't good for, for him to take his family into the wilderness by himself, um, but that he should, he, without anyone to come with him. You know, his, his sons will need wives. They will need, you know, people to come with him if they're going to build up this nation, you know. And so uh, it was not meet for him, Lehi, that he should take his family into the wilderness alone, but that his sons should take daughters to wife that they might raise up seed unto the Lord in the land of promise. Okay, so they need to go find wives. Um, verse 2, it came to pass that the Lord commanded him that I, Nephi, and my brethren should go again return unto the land of Jerusalem and bring down Ishmael and his family into the wilderness. Um, now you'll notice there's no, uh, there's no murmuring, there's no period of deliberation here, at least not that, not that we know of. Um, so, you know, they have to go back and get the plates there pretty upset about that and as soon as they need wife you know they're like all right i will i will go and do man i'm uh i'm feeling it i'm feeling that spirit um it'd, uh, it'd be like that sometimes do you have a do you have a thought i'm just wondering why didn't uh when they went back before to get the plates why didn't he just have them get the ishmael family then you know i was thinking the same thing and i don't know I really don't know. This is a thought off the top of my head, but it may have been with how dicey the situation was with Laban. It may have been expedient for them to get out of the city immediately because people obviously would have seen them coming in and out of Laban's house and they would have known of the scuffle when they were chased out. So if Laban suddenly appeared dead the next day, they probably would be looking for them, right? So it's probably a good idea for them to hightail it out of there for a little bit. Um, I don't know. That's just a, a theory I have. Um, But yeah, that is... That is a question for sure, because it seems like a lot of back and forth trips. Um, what verse was I on? Okay, so it says in verse three, and it came to pass that I Nephi did again with my brother and go forth into the wilderness up to Jer- go up to Jerusalem. <laughs> so they go to Jerusalem. They go to the house of this dude Ishmael. Um, he has all his family, families there and stuff. And um, Ishmael was like, "All right, yeah." You know, we'll do it. They they speak the words of the Lord unto Ishmael, and he's, you know, he's like, I'll buy it. Uh, we'll we'll go, which uh, must have been pretty convincing, you know. Um, 
but it says the Lord softened his heart, which I imagine was a big part of it. And so they they went, and they're going back to the camp of Lehi. And while they're doing this, Laman and Lemuel decide that they're going to cause problems today, as they usually do. And uh, so Laman and Lemuel, and it says, in, in, and this is verse 6, um, Laman and Lemuel and two of the daughters of Ishmael and the two sons of Ishmael and their families did rebel against us, yea, against me, Nephi, and Sam, and their father Ishmael, and his wife, and the three, his three other daughters. Uh, so about half of them are like, okay, it's mutiny time. You know, we're not, we're not doing this. This is dumb. Let's go back to Jerusalem. Um, that's what it says in verse seven. Uh, they were desirous to return to the land of Jerusalem. But I was just coughing. Oh yeah. Like, uh. What what they're doing is wrong, like rebelling against the Lord. But I feel like this is, I feel like a lot of times we can relate to this more than we would like to. Like this just seems like human behavior. <laughs> like I yeah. don't want to leave behind this stuff that I know. Uh, if they don't understand, if they haven't like really like seen or sought out what the other people have that understand the message and why they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mentioned that in one of my earlier episodes. I talked about how um, the difference between Laman and Lemuel and, and, and you know, Nephi is, uh, and, and, and also Sam, um, they both were upset that they had to leave because when Nephi prayed, it said the word softened Nephi's heart. So Nephi didn't exactly have the softest heart about it, but instead of immediately jumping to complaining, um, he, he sought to understand, right? And so, but, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to understand that without that full understanding that Nephi had and without that softness of heart, it's, uh, it's really easy to not want to go through with that, you know? And, and that's very human, and I think, I think most of us can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that everything? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. All right. Sick. Moving yeah. right along. What? I said, yeah, you got it. Let's go. Very nice. Very nice. Um, what verse was I on? Shoot. If I had a dollar for every time I lost my place in this podcast so far, I would have, I would have like $8 and that's not a lot of dollars, but it's weird that it happened eight times in like five episodes. Um, so Nephi obviously is super bummed that they are being this way of the heart. It's just, he, he's grieved for the hardness of their hearts in verse eight. Um, and he says to them, <laughs> You guys are my older brothers. Um, how can you be this hard in your hearts and, and just not see, be blind in your minds that I, your younger brother, have to speak to you and be an example to you? You know, that doesn't make sense at all. How have you not hearkened to the word of the Lord? Um, how have you forgotten? You saw an angel. You literally saw an angel like a couple of days ago. What are you doing? What do you, you know? You saw this angel. How can you do this? And uh, he says in verse 11, Yea, how is it that ye have forgotten what great things the Lord hath done for us in delivering us out of the hands of Laban, and also that we should obtain the record? You know, he, we went to Laban, this crazy powerful guy, easily should have been able to kill us, you know, and, and we were delivered out of his hands, and he was delivered into our hands, and we obtained the records like the Lord commanded. He always prepares a way. You know this. You've seen this. You've experienced this. How can you do this? Um... And then verse 12, how have you forgotten that the Lord is able to do all things according to his will for the children of men? He can literally do anything if it so be that they exercise faith in him. Wherefore, let us be faithful unto him. 
Okay. Um, and if it so be, if we if we do decide to be faithful in him, if it so be that we are faithful to him, we shall obtain the land of promise. That's not a maybe. We might get there. We probably will. No, it's we shall, right? Because at this point, Nephi is unshaken in this, okay? He had the Laban experience. He's prayed. He had a testimony. Um, because he sought knowledge, you know, the Lord gave him the exact same knowledge that his father had. You know, he has a he has an unshakable testimony in this thing, right? Um, so he he knows. He said, okay, you guys know this too, right? You've been through these experiences with me. How can you doubt? You know, we know he can do anything for us if we're faithful unto him. So let's be faithful and we will get to the land of promise. Um, and ye shall know at some future period, this is still in verse 13, that the word of the Lord shall be fulfilled concerning the destruction of Jerusalem. You know Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. Or, or sorry, you shall know. Um, for all things which the Lord hath spoken concerning the destruction of Jerusalem must be fulfilled. The Lord doesn't lie. God doesn't lie. He would he would not be God if he was if he would lie. He would cease to be God. He cannot lie. That is not in his nature. It is he can't. Um where was I at? Here we go. That's like nine times now. And uh oh, okay, all things were fulfilled. Um verse 14. For behold, the spirit of the Lord ceaseth soon to strive with them. They won't have the spirit with them for much longer. Um, they have rejected the prophets and they cast Jeremiah into prison and they tried to kill our dad literally right before we left. Um, that's, you know, that's why we're leaving. It's going to be destroyed. And they're literally seeking to assassinate him because of the things he said unto them, which, you know, they're angry about that because he spoke them the truth. And that's hard to hear sometimes. And we, we went over that in an earlier episode. Um, <sighs> okay. 10 times now. Uh, okay, 15, yeah, 15. Um, it says, Now behold, I say unto you that if you will return unto Jerusalem, ye shall also perish with them. If you, you can, you know, if you decide to go back there, I, we know what's going to happen. You know the Lord can do anything. You know, you know the Lord will do what he says he will do. You will die if you go back to Jerusalem. You will perish with them. Um, and now if you have choice, you know, if you... If you decide that's what you want to do, go up to the land and remember these words which I speak. In, remember the words which I speak unto you, that if you go, you will perish. For thus the spirit of the Lord constraineth me that I should speak. Um, this is something that confused me for a while. Actually, I didn't know the difference between constrain and restrain. Restrain is held back. Constraineth is to push forward to something. Um, which maybe I mentioned that when he uh, when he killed Laban, he was constrained to kill Laban. He was driven to it. What? All right, so. Uh, just imagine for a second, like you're 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 having a bad day or whatever, and, and struggling, right? And me yeah. as your little brother, I just like reprimand you, like, and do this big monologue telling yeah. you how how you okay. how you should be. <laughs> yeah. And then just kind of keep that in mind as we go go over the next verse. We'll do. Okay. Um, I just mean just me as your little brother. Just, just, just uh, how'd that make you feel? Yeah. Um, okay. So now, if you, you know, if you decide to go, okay. Like if that's if that's really what you want to do, go up to the land. But remember this: if you go, you will perish. Remember that I told you. You were warned. For thus the spirit of the Lord is telling me that I should tell you. You know, go if you want, but know that. 
Um, and in verse 16, and it came to pass that when I, Nephi, had spoken these words unto my brethren, they were angry with me. Couldn't tell you why. And, uh, and it came to pass that they did lay their hands upon me, for behold, they were exceedingly wroth, and they did bind me with cords, for they sought to take away my life, that they might leave me in the wilderness to be devoured by wild beasts. Uh, that's about how it goes. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd probably, uh, I mean, I'd probably leave you in the woods. Yeah. I mean, if I was in the right, that's kind of death. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tie you up in the woods next time. Um, so, yeah, they, they bound him with cords, and they were going to leave him in the wilderness, and he was going to get eaten by beasts. Um, and Nephi does what Nephi does, and he prayed unto the Lord. And he said, O Lord, according to my faith which is in thee, wilt thou deliver me from the hands of my brethren? Yet even give me strength that I might burst these bounds from with which I am bound. You know, um, and, and this is funny. You know, he's praying here for strength that he can burst the bands. And uh, this is this is an interesting concept here um, in verse 18. And it came to pass that when I had said these words, behold, the hands were loosed, the bands were loosed from off my hands and feet. Okay, it didn't... Um, he didn't burst them. He didn't have this sudden burst of strength or whatever. They were just loosed, you know. He was able to, you know, the, the end result was the same, but it didn't come about the way that he wanted it to, which, you know, I think a lot of times we have our heart set on a certain result, like bursting our, our bands, you know, but sometimes they get loosed, you know. And in the end, it will turn out the way it's supposed to. In the end, the, the result will be what it's supposed to be. He was supposed to get free, right, but it didn't happen in the way he wanted it to. And uh, I may be, you know, reading too far into that, but I do think it's uh, important to keep in mind sometimes that there is someone who knows everything, who loves us perfectly. And so when we pray to him and our prayers are answered in a way that maybe we didn't want them to be, it is it is the best thing for us, right? They, they, we will not always get things answered exactly the way we want, but they will always be answered the way they need to be. Um, if we have faith, of course, because it does say according to his faith, right? Um, power, uh, especially from God, comes uh, by means of faith. Um, and so as we have faith, our prayers will be answered in the way they need to be answered, but not always in the way we want them to be answered. Um, and so 18, and it came to pass when I had said these words, behold, the bands were loosed from off my hands and feet, and I stood before my brethren, and I spake unto them again. I also love that he doesn't skip a beat there. Um and it came to pass, they were angry with me again and sought to lay hands upon me. But behold, one of the daughters of Ishmael, yea, and also her mother and one of the sons of Ishmael did plead with my brethren, insomuch that they did soften their hearts and they did cease striving to take away my life. Okay, so some people stepped in and they were like, all right, that's probably enough. And they're like, okay, all right, we won't kill you right now. And uh, then, they, you know, it came to pass, they were exceedingly, they were sorrowful because of their wickedness. They all felt bad about it. Um um, and they did bow down before me and did plead with me that I would forgive them of the thing that they had done against me. They were feeling really bad about it. And uh, verse 21, it came to pass that I did frankly forgive them all that they had done. Just right off the bat. They literally just tried to kill him. And he, you know, very candidly was, I'm, I forgive you. And, and, but, you know, there was a second step to that. And I did exhort them they would pray unto the Lord their God for forgiveness. And it came to pass that they did so. And after they had done praying unto the Lord that we did travel on our journey um, we did we did again travel on our journey toward the tent of our father. Um, I really like that because he said, as, as far as I'm concerned, I forgive you. You know, you need to get right with God. That's the most important thing, right? Do you have a comment? No. Okay. 
If you do, you don't need to like get my attention to raise your hand. You can just hop right in. Um, All right. And uh, the last verse there in verse 22. And it came to pass that we did come down unto the tent of our father. And after I and my brethren and all the house of Ishmael had come down unto the tent of my father, they did give thanks unto the Lord their God, and they did offer sacrifice and burnt offerings unto him. Um, they had a grand old time giving thanks to the Lord. And then uh, going right along to verse 8. Um, this is probably one of the more important. New chapter. Oh, I did that last time too. Yes, chapter 8 is what I mean. Not, don't worry. You're, I just don't have brain cells anymore. Um, so chapter 8 is one of the more important chapters in the Book of Mormon. Uh, it's certainly one of the more well-known ones. It's uh, it's it's just first where Lehi has this vision, and uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But you know, I mean, obviously Lehi has lots of dreams and visions so far, and uh, but the, you know, when you say when you say Lehi's dream or Lehi's vision, um, this is what most people are going to think of. <laughs> so, um, in verse one, they had gathered together um, seeds of every kind and grain and fruit. You know, they're getting all kinds of things ready for their. Um, or they already had gotten everything ready. And while they were in the wilderness, their Lehi, the dad, came out and said, okay, so I dreamed another dream, or in other words, I've seen a vision. And um, because of this, I have reason to rejoice in the Lord, because of Nephi and also Sam, for I have reason to suppose that they and also many of their seed will be saved. You guys are doing great, and it looks like a lot of your descendants are going to do great too. <laughs> um, but behold... Laman and Lemuel, naughty, naughty. <laughs> I fear exceedingly because of you. For behold, methought I saw in my dream a dark and dreary wilderness. And it came to pass that I saw a man, and he was dressed in a white robe, and he came and stood before me. And it came to pass that he spake unto me and bade me to follow him. And it came to pass that as I followed him, I beheld myself that I was in a dark and dreary waste. Dreary waste. And after I had traveled for the space, and 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 I'm, I'm being careful not to p just paraphrase this. I'm actually reading this uh, verbatim just because um, it's important to get this right. Um, this has a lot of symbolism in it and a lot of really deep stuff. And so um, I'll, I'll, I'll attempt to kind of dissect it a little bit afterwards, but um, just for reading it, I want to make sure we get it right. Um, and then verse 8, and after I had traveled... For the space of many hours in the darkness, I began to pray unto the Lord that he would have mercy on me, according to the multitude of his tender mercies. You know, after wandering that many hours of darkness, you probably start to get a little afraid. I, I definitely would. <laughs> uh, would not be very fun, I imagine. And uh, verse 9, And it came to pass, after I had prayed unto the Lord, I beheld a large and spacious field. And it came to pass that I beheld a tree whose fruit was desirable to make one happy. And it came to pass that I did go forth and partake of the fruit thereof. And I beheld that it was most sweet above all that I had ever before tasted. Yea, and I beheld that the fruit thereof was white to exceed all the whiteness that I had ever seen. And as I partook of the fruit thereof, it filled my soul with exceedingly great joy. Wherefore, I began to be desirous that my family should partake of it also. For I knew that it was desirable above all other fruit. And, and I love this about Lehi, and I've, I've talked about it a couple of times. Every time he finds something good or of value or... Um, like when he first prayed to God, you know, and then learned about Jerusalem, he immediately, every time, goes and shares it with as many people as he can. He goes and takes that to somebody else. Nephi also emulates that. Um, you know, when you are full of the Spirit and you are, you have a true love for a people, 
or your family, um, you want to share good things with them. And I love that about Lehi. He's a perfect example of that. Every time he finds something good, he immediately goes and shares it. Um, so he partakes of the fruit and it fills his soul with this exceedingly great joy. And he wanted to share that with his family. Um, did you have a thought? Uh, I just thought that verse just reminded me of when I find like a really good song or something yeah. like I want to share it with my family. I want to play it in the car or whatever. Just Yeah. Yeah. That's a very relatable thing to want to share something good that you find. Yeah. Like, and it sucks when they don't reciprocate and when they don't. Exactly. Wanna, yeah. And, and, and earlier taking something good. Yeah, it really does. And, 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 you know, that when it talks about when Nephi prayed and got his witness of it and he tried to go share with Laman and Lemuel and they didn't want it, he, it says he was grieved and he went and he prayed unto the Lord for, for their souls, you know? Um, when you find something cool, you want to share it with people you love. And when they don't, you know, when they don't experience the same thing or when they don't get the same thing out of it or when they're not able to have the same joy, it, it's, uh, it's a hard thing for sure. And, and it's, it's hard because, like, at the end of the day, like, sho shoving things you like down people's throats ne never works. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah I, I had to learn that with, like, things I was obsessed with when I was younger. Like, shoving things that you enjoy down people's throats, like, they, they won't enjoy it, right? Yeah. I did that with you with some of my favorite bands, right? Like. <laughs> And, and you didn't and like there, and you said you liked the bands that you just didn't yeah. uh, shoved it down your throat. But yeah, you have to just like let people because at the end of the day, it's it's they'll come to it when they want to come to it. Yeah, you can set it out there or like lead by example, but uh -huh. like they they have to come to it and, and it might push them away. If yeah, you force feed them it. Sorry, this is kind of like going off topic, but yeah. I just yeah, yeah, and and uh, don't force feed people your opinions your experience yeah yeah and that, that's not to say it's not bad to share or i mean that's not to say it is bad to share um but yeah, of course. yeah there does come a point where where it, ju it just just kind of feel like somebody's being crammed down your throat and that's it's never a pleasant experience my dad did that to me with 80s music and i love 80s music now but i hated it as a kid um because that's all he would play in the car and that's he just kept shoving that down my throat and so uh i think um with the gospel and 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 you know, as, as much as that message fills our soul with light and, and, uh, and, and guides us and how much joy we get out of that. Um, people typically don't react well when we, when we try and, and, uh, and shove that into them. You know, that's not, that's not how it goes. You know, there's a reason they talk about the Holy Ghost and the Spirit being a still small voice. You know, it enters gently to hearts that are softened, right? Um, and so... Yeah, I think uh, I think it's important that people come to conclusions on their own, right? Nephi, Nephi did that. He sought to know by himself, and then it was he. Lehi didn't just take his testimony out, you know, and just slam it into Nephi. You know, Nephi felt something and decided to act on it. Um, and you know, when we when we preach the gospel and when we try and share the message, um, the most important thing to do is to love and to serve and to be an example of of Christ. You know, if we're representing christ you know if we take his name upon us um then then we should we should try and do what he did and i'm not a perfect example of that and i don't think anybody is but um i think the best thing that we can do is is love and serve the people and the spirit will do the rest if their hearts are open to it and uh let them let them come to you and share what what you know that they are comfortable with and um again it's not it's not a bad thing to share things it's not a bad thing to be 
um, to be assertive even, but it's just something that should probably be entered into with a great amount of the spirit. Also, disclaimer, these are just opinions, and uh, I'm I'm no scholar, and I'm nobody's scriptorian, like I've said a hundred times before, and um, and neither neither is my brother. We're just uh, we're just sharing what what we believe to be true, and uh, we have been known to be wrong from time to time. So, uh, hopping right in at. Uh, and if I super offended anybody, I'll set up an email address, and you can send me really nasty emails. Um, all four people listening. Yeah, yeah, all all for you. We might we might get five people this time. Bro, so yeah, maybe if I maybe if I offend enough people, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it. Oh, he, okay, he's gonna listen to it. He'll be my fifth guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So he wanted to share it with his family. In verse 13, it says, And I cast my eyes round about that perhaps I might discover my family. Also, he's looking around for his family. I beheld a river of water, and it ran along, and it was near the tree of which I was partaking of the fruit. There is a river right next to it. And uh, verse 14, And I looked to behold from whence it came, and I saw the head thereof a little way off. So he, saw that he sees the, you know, the head, the mouth of the river. And uh, at the head of the river um, thereof, I beheld your mother Sariah. And Sam and Nephi. So Sarai, Sam, and Nephi are there. And they stood as if they knew not whether to go, whither they should go. And verse 15, And it came to pass, I beckoned unto them, and I also did say unto them with a loud voice that they should come unto me and partake of the fruit, which was desirable above all other fruit. And it came to pass that they did come unto me and partake of the fruit also. And that's why he was saying, I have great reason to rejoice in you, you know. Um, because they did come. And verse 17, And it came to pass that I was desirous that Laman and Lemuel should come and partake of the fruit also. Wherefore I cast mine eyes toward the head of the river, that perhaps I might see them. And it came to pass that I saw them, but they would not come unto me and partake of the fruit. And I beheld a rod of iron, and it extended along the bank of the river, and led to the tree by which I stood. So you got the river and the tree right next to it, and there's this, um, this kind of iron... Uh, oh, what's the word? What's the word? Iron rod. Like a railing, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like a balcony railing almost. That's just how I picture it in my head. Um, something to hold on to as you walk along, basically. <laughs> this is the idea behind it. And uh, so, yeah, it's an iron bar that they can follow. And it extends along the bank of the river and leads to the tree by which Lehi stands. And uh, in verse 20, And I also beheld a straight and narrow path which came along by the rod of iron, even by even to the tree by which I stood. Um, and it also led by the head of the fountain unto a large and spacious field as if it had been a world. That's a pretty big field. <laughs> as if it had been a world. Um, and I saw numberless concourses of people, many of whom were pressing forward that they might obtain the path which led to the tree by which I stood. So a lot of people are trying to get to that tree of life. And in verse 22, and it came to pass that they did come forth and commence in the path which led to the tree. <laughs> and it came to pass that there arose a mist of darkness, yea, even an exceedingly great mist of darkness, insomuch that they who had commenced in the path did lose their way, and they wandered off and were lost. Okay, so a lot of people were trying to follow along that iron rod, and uh, this big, you know, shield uh, mist of darkness came and then it was hard for people to see. And so a lot of the people who were on that path weren't able to find their way and they wandered away to somewhere else and were lost. <laughs> Verse 24, And it came to pass that I beheld others pressing forward and they came forth and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron 
And they did press forward through the mist of darkness, clinging to the rod of iron, even until they did come forth and partake of the fruit of the tree. <laughs> right? So that, you know, that mist of darkness came up, but why was the rod there, right? They didn't need to see because they had a hold of the rod, right? It was easy to follow that path when you saw the entire path all the way up to the tree. But when you can't see the path, a lot of the people were lost. But when when um, th those people that were able to hold on to that iron rod, even though they couldn't see, they could feel that rod, and it led them to that tree of life. So uh, what is the iron rod? What, what what are you holding on to to make through the mist of darkness? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. There's that song. Okay. You, you can go ahead if you want. No, no, we're good. We keep right. going. So we'll get to in a second. Um, yeah, well, as soon as we finish the, the vision, we'll get to that. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So the people that were holding on to the rod came to the fruit of the tree, or came to the tree and partook of the fruit. Um, in 25, and after they had partaken of the fruit of the tree, they did cast their eyes about as if they were ashamed. And I also cast my eyes round about and beheld on the other side of the river um, of water, a great and spacious building as it stood, uh, and it stood as it were in the air high above the earth. <laughs> um, and it was filled with people, both old and young, both male and female, and their manner of dress was exceedingly fine. And they were in the attitude of mocking and pointing their fingers toward those who had come at and were partaking of the fruit. And after they had tasted of the fruit, they were ashamed because of those that were scoffing at them. And they fell away into forbidden paths and were lost. And now I, Nephi, do not speak all the words of my father. But to be short in writing, behold, he saw other multitudes pressing forward, and they came and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron. And they depressed their way forward, continually holding fast to the rod of iron, until they came forth and fell down and partook of the fruit of the tree. And he also saw other multitudes fleeing, feeling their way toward that great and spacious building. Um, it says, and it came to pass um, that many were drowned in the depths of the fountain, and many were lost from his view, wandering in strange roads. Um, verse 33, and great was the multitude that did enter into that strange building. And after they did enter into that building, they did point the finger of scorn at me, and those that were partaking of the fruit also, but we heeded them not. They, were, they, they joined the mockers, the, the mockers, the people who were mocking. Um these are the words of my father, for as many as heeded them had fallen away. And Laman and Lemuel partook not of the fruit, said my father. And it came to pass, after my father had spoken all the words of his dream or vision, which were many, he said unto us, because of these things which he saw in a vision, he exceedingly feared for Laman and Lemuel. Yet he feared lest they should be cast off from the presence of the Lord. And he did exhort them with all, he did exhort them then with all the feeling of a tender parent that they would hearken to his words, that perhaps the Lord would be merciful to them and did, and not cast them off. Yea, my father did preach unto them. And after he preached unto them, he also prophesied unto them of many things. He bade them to keep the commandments of the Lord, and he did cease speaking unto them. Okay. Um, I think Jeff has a few thoughts about what we just went over, so if you want to take it away. Um, yeah, sure. The, uh, I noticed, what, what verse was it where it described the tower? The tower. Um, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, 26. 26. Yep. That's where that's at. Yeah. It said, uh, I, and, uh, I've heard a couple people point this out before. Um, and the, 
it reads, and it stood as it were in the air, high above the earth. And I think uh, that might be symbolism of it has no foundation. It's just like all flashy. It's not something very long term or permanent. It's it like looks impressive, but it's not. It doesn't have that foundation. Exactly. Uh, it's an illusion of grandeur. Yeah. yeah. And the the other thing, I I just the, that verse where it talked about the people scoffing at the ones doing the right thing, taking the fruit. That just stood out to me because I I hate to say it, but I feel like I've been on both sides of that. Yeah. Like I I've given people a hard time for doing the right thing. I think and a lot I've, of us have, you know, yeah. gotten the I've gotten the other end of the stick as well. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, because you know I don't think a lot of the people who are pointing the fingers think that they're in the wrong a lot of the time, you know, um, because and you know it's like the people at Jerusalem, right? They they are they are those people who who would cast stones and mock, and uh, it's hard to convince them that they that they're wrong, you know, and I don't I don't know that they that they believe that they are and maybe deep down they, they understand, but um, it's hard to admit that to ourselves sometimes. And uh, I think a lot of us can relate to um, both sides of that, I think. Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, there's that old saying or whatever um, about the two wolves that we have inside of us, right? Whichever one you feed wins. Um, and I, I think, I think we all, understand how both of those feel for sure or at least at least most of us and uh and uh you know obviously not me i've never done wrong in my life no yeah he hasn't I, uh, uh, i've really just never he, done anything he's perfect um, <laughs> yes that's true yeah I, yeah i just think that's really interesting that there's nothing better to do in that huge spacious building but like pull others down. Yeah, you know I, I you heard, like, you would. Bondo yeah, exactly. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, John, by the way. And uh, yeah, he's like, there's got to be something better to do in that fancy of a building, right? Yeah, it's just. I just think that's interesting. It's like, for for all that grandeur, it's that's that's really all they're doing, bringing other people down. So it can't be that nice in there. You well, know? it's it's empty, right? It's hollow. I, I guess there's no meat there. It's just there's for no, sure. There's no girth. There's no girth. There's no girth. In the Where's tower, the guys? girth? Okay. Um. So, in uh, one thing I want to talk about, um, and this is something I've touched on a couple of times, I think, and I'll probably touch on it a couple more. Um, but when it talks about the mist of darkness, and it says that, um, let me find what verse it was. It, it's talking about the mist of darkness mm -hmm. and how everybody before the mist. Um, so you got the rod of iron right there and there was a straight and narrow path and it says numberless concourses of people and many of them were pressing forward because they want to get to the tree, right? They see the whole path. They see the way to get there. They're just beelining for it. And uh, they, you know, they, they commenced on the path. They started the journey and then the mist of darkness came. Okay. Think of what the mist of darkness is in your life or don't, I'm not a cop. Um, but the mist of darkness in our lives are, uh, you know, things get rough sometimes. 
you don't need me to tell you that. I'm going to tell you, but you don't need me to. And uh, a lot of times we can feel like there's a mist of darkness around us. Like we don't know where to go. Like we can't see what's going on. Right. Um, and and there, in, in verse 15, which we will get to eventually, um, Nephi actually goes to the Lord and says, hey, I, I, I'm desirous to see this vision that my father saw. So in verse 15, we get another recap of this. Or no, I keep saying verse. I mean chapter, chapter 15. We get a recap of this. And it talks about the iron rod is the word of God. Right. It is. Um, okay. Yeah. Rod of iron. So. Um, okay. It doesn't want to let me find it. Um So, yeah, it talks about how the, the rod of iron is the word of God, basically. And um, as you follow that, you can't you can't fail, you know, as you hold on to that with faith. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say you will never you'll never mess up or you'll never fall, you know. But as you hold to his word and you act on it in faith, you'll be able to get back up again and you'll, you'll be able to keep going and you will have what you need. Not always what you want, but you'll have what you need. And uh <laughs> It says a lot of them were lost once the mist of darkness came. Once they couldn't see the entire path anymore, they, they fell into other paths and were drowned or lost or made it to the big building. Um, but there were some who, even in their blindness, even in the mist of darkness, they held to the rod and they couldn't see, you know, probably two steps in front of them. They couldn't see the end goal. Or, I mean, they, they couldn't see the uh, the entire journey, right? They couldn't see where the where the rocks would be that they would trip over. They couldn't see A, B, and C, but they, what they could see was, uh, how many times can I say C in a sentence? Um, well, they could see, and or not necessarily see, but feel was the word of God, that iron rod, right? And they knew where they were headed, and they knew if they hold on to that, that they would eventually get there. And, and because of that faith, they made it out of the mist of darkness, and they were able to partake of that fruit, and they were filled with the joy. But then some of them, when the mockery came from that hollow building, um, they were ashamed of it, right? They were ashamed. And they, having that joy, they gave it up and they left into forbidden paths because their approval of those hollow people in that hollow building meant more to them than the eternal joy of the tree of life did. <laughs> and I think it is really important to decide now where your priorities are so that, and, and in verse 15, it talks about, with the iron rod, it talks about when you hold on to that, the fiery darts of the adversary, the whirlwinds or whatever, it lists a couple of examples, I think. Because um, those will come, right, all along our journey. And, and especially as we try to do the right thing, we will encounter fierce resistance. Um, I have yet to meet somebody who has not encountered that as they try to do the right thing and as they try to be better, right? Because there's somebody who doesn't want you to be better. And, uh, and and God allows those trials to be in our life so that we can overcome and that we can conquer and, and, and we can grow and be more than we were. Um, right? Like I said before, I think the coal and the diamond analogy, you know, the coal needs to go through immense pressure to become a diamond. And it doesn't always see, you know, obviously the coal doesn't know it's going to be a diamond. So I don't imagine the pressure is very comfortable for it. Um, but I think if it could see itself as the diamond, it might be a little bit more okay with what was going on. And, uh, I think it's important to decide now where our priorities are so that when those hard things come, when those fiery darts come, when those, uh, when we have to fight our battles, we know who the enemy is 
and we know how important the victory is to us. And uh, yeah, and, and this is something that we will go over several times in this podcast. I imagine it's a very important scripture, um, but this is already like 40 minutes long. So um, I think we're going to cut it here. Uh, I hope you guys have had a great week and uh, I hope you guys are, uh, I hope you guys are staying safe with everything that's going on. Um, Jeff, do you have any closing statements for us? Any thoughts about anything we talked about? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I had a super fun time chiming in. I've never done something like this before. Thanks for listening to my random stuff. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, stay safe and, uh, keep the spirit. Have a good one. (laughs) Okay. There you have it. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, <sighs> Heavy stuff, but good stuff. I uh, have a great week, you guys. I'll uh, I will hopefully be with you on Monday. And uh, in the meantime, stay froggy, stay safe, and I uh, will see you. <laughs>